407-235-7721, extension 229. You are listening to KBBI Homer AM 890. It's 9 a.m. Coming up next, the regular Thursday COVID brief. new song from Tommy Emanuel, song for a rainy day. Well, good morning. This is KBBI Homer AM 890. Not a rainy day today. Looks kind of nice out there. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Josh Crone. I will be your host for this Thursday regular COVID brief here on KBBI, and I'm joined on the air by Dorotha Ferraro from South Peninsula Hospital. Good morning, Dorotha. Good morning, Josh. So just you and me today, uh, Peggy excused herself, uh, says there's not a whole lot to add from the school district, which uh, uh, reviewing the uh, school district's uh, case dashboard, that uh, that definitely bears out. Uh, case rates seem to be down in general uh, throughout the school district, so uh, we'll check in with uh, Peggy here next week and see if they've got any updates from the uh, school district. Uh, Lauren Carroll, public health nurse, uh, also was out today, um, and uh, he says no big changes on his end, and uh, we will check in with him next week, see if there's any updates. Uh, We do have a couple of minutes here. If anybody has any questions for Dorotha, our phone line is open. Give us a call, 907-235-7721, or if you're really quick, you can email something to me, josh at kbbi.org, and we'll get that question on the air. Uh, so, Dorotha, good morning, and thank you for joining me on the air this morning. Uh, let's talk about things at South Peninsula Hospital. Okay, great. Thank you. So, I'll start out um, with the report out of our dashboard, our COVID dashboard, comparing this week, um, this week, excuse me, I'm turning my phone down, this week ending April 5. Um, and I'll just compare it to the prior week. So, in the week ending April 5, we saw 
four emergency room visits for COVID, and that is down a little bit from six the prior week. We had one new hospitalization, and that is the same as the prior week where we had had one new hospitalization. Testing, we did 339 test swabs, and that is down um, from 439 the prior week. Um, and as far as positivity rate of those 339, 26 of those tests were positive, putting us at an 8% positivity rate compared to the prior week where we were at 10% positivity rate. And then as far as um, treatment, we did two of the monoclonal um, antibody infusions, and that is down from eight the prior week. And then something that really changed in the way of going upwards, that is vaccine administration. And we did 144 vaccines um, in the week ending April 5, and that's um, up significantly from 20 the prior week. And that is specifically because of the um, new eligibility group of um, folks being able to get a second booster. So um, that is uh, open, the second booster is open to um, individuals 50 years of age and older um, four months after their most recent vaccine, COVID vaccine or um, high risk groups. So um, that number 144 is much higher than um, the prior week because of that. Very good. Thank you, Dorotha. Uh, that was very thorough. I had a couple of questions for you, but you went ahead and uh, got right past those for us. So, um, uh, any any comments on the uh, the current case rate? We were just uh, kind of chatting about yeah. that here at the station. That the the positivity rate seems to be holding at a steady ten percent, where uh, prior to Omicron, we seen had seen a considerably lower. Love. And and just to clarify, the positivity rate is the uh, number of positive results from the uh, number of K, uh, uh, test swabs uh, uh, submitted. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so Correct. it's not really a, a number of here's we there. There's a ten percent transmission rate. It's just of the of the number of uh, tests that have been taken, ten percent have been positive. That's right. And um, for the most part, nobody is paying attention to that at this moment. And so, what I'll sh what I'll um, share with you all now are the two um, kind of alert levels that are being used um, by the by CDC. So the first is what is called the community or county level, and it's just the county COVID level. And what it does is it, it um, takes in three pieces of information to um, define the alert level. Um, and that is number of new hospitalizations in a county, number of new COVID hospitalizations in a county, percentage of hospital beds that are occupied with COVID positive, and then the local case rate, the county case rate, and everything's based on county through CDC. So if you use those three things, hospital, new hospitalizations, percentage of beds, case rate, the Kenai Pencil Borough is on low, low level green. Now, as far as the, and so the recommendations then are you know, mask if you're um, in a high risk, um, if you are a high risk individual, mask if you're in a high risk setting, like really crowded um, indoor setting, um, get vaccinated. But for the most part, it's a kind of green light. Um, as far as the hospital goes though, we use it, we follow a different dashboard or a different alert level. And all that hospitals are recommended to use to define their decisions and make their decisions is strictly transmission levels. And so the transmission levels that are recommended for a 
um, for kind of green, yellow, red is that um, you the case rate should be under a hundred per hundred thousand population. Um, and right now the Kenai Peninsula Borough is above that. And so because the Kenai Peninsula Borough is above that, that puts the borough in the red zone. And so based on the fact that our borough is still in the red zone with, with case rates, then um, our hospital and all healthcare is recommended to still um, maintain universal masking and um, utilize all of the um, infection prevention protocols that have been in place the whole time. Very good, thank you. Um, gosh, I had a question about that and it has slipped my mind. Uh, looking over the CDC site, um, this is probably a question for Lauren when we get him back next week, but uh, uh, just looking for some of the, the more detailed information. We'll follow up on that later, Dorotha. Um, yeah, and I did, I mean, I did, I did pull up the hospital um, chart that is online. Anybody can see it at any time, but statewide, there are 26 individuals hospitalized um, testing COVID positive. That's 26. And so for the state of Alaska, that means that 2% of all hospitalized individuals, only 2% are hospitalized with COVID. So really low, low hospitalization rate um, for, the, for the state of Alaska right now. And um, I also looked at, um, yeah, I guess that was the, the only statewide number that I was looking at. Gulf Coast, we fall region-wise, we fall into the Gulf Coast region. Our percentage is a little higher than we're at 6% of um, folks hospitalized with COVID, but overall statewide, we're um, quite low. Okay. And then I, I, I wrote a list because I knew Lauren wasn't going to be here, so I'm happy to just keep rolling, Josh, if you want me to. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, great. So um, one of the questions that people have had is because of a lot of the headline news right now regarding funding related to COVID. So I just um, I just ask folks to, just to continue to tune in weekly to hear the updates because it's going to be a slow roll, rollout of, of, of decisions based on information as we um, process it all. So um, right now, so I did research and I did learn that most, if not all insurance companies do cover um, COVID testing. And even to the point of a, I, there's a federal um, rule that an insurance company has to cover a minimum of eight home tests. And like at the, at the moment, home tests are free. You can pick up a home test at the test and vaccine clinic. You can order them online at the um, federal government website. So there's no, um, there's no lack of access to that right now. But even if and when those do become less available, um, insurance does cover eight, if not more of those tests per month. And um, insurance is required um, to cover COVID related um, care and services. So that's not needed at this moment in our community because we continue to provide free vaccines of all of the COVID levels, free vaccines, um, as do many places in the community, such as Safeway or primary care clinics, um, but also free testing. But um, it's probably time for folks to start thinking about, okay, where do I find those take-home tests and maybe put you know, two or three in your medicine cabinet? You don't wanna overstock because they do have expiration dates. Um, but, you know, it might be time to go ahead and put those in your medicine cabinets so you have it. The hospital, the organization, 
we are committed to get this town up and rolling for summer. So there's no concerns about that those services going away in the near future, but there's clearly, um, there, there, we are clearly working on a more sustainable plan um, moving forward. Thank you, Dorotha. Um, just wanted to ask about the expiration for the, uh, the take-home tests. How long do they last? Boy, they're um, all very different because there's a, a, a wide large, number of man- yeah. large number of manufacturers of these tests. Um, so for example, one of the test kits that we had been giving out here in our test clinic, um, we just received a notice from the manufacturer that the expiration date um, could be extended. So we are putting new um, little notes on those as we give them out so folks know that they can even use them beyond the expiration date. So those are all um, changing as more data is coming in um, and, and more studies are, are being resulted. So I do, I, I, there's not a blanket answer. Okay. Yeah. But, but they the... do all the boxes, um, the, the expirations are on the boxes. So it is really important to keep the um, test in the entire box that it came in, especially if you're going to put some on your boat for the summer, you know, so many or across the bay for your summer home or your cabin across the bay or whatever. Like if, especially if you're going to kind of store them somewhere, it's going to be tempting to take them out of the packaging um, because the boxes aren't the smallest in the world, but um, important to leave them in the box so that you can see when the expiration date is. Very good. Yeah, we got a uh, email from the school district the other day saying that uh, we could extend out the uh, uh, expiration on some of the uh, the free tests that the district had provided uh, late last year. So if you've gotten those, uh, I believe they extended those out just through the end of April though. So uh, they must not be too long um so and another question i had uh the uh cd it must not be the cdc sorry I, i'm not looking at the email right now but um i got an email for uh the test that you can order from the federal government um that they send you for free that uh if you haven't picked up uh your full complement of those are allowing uh four tests that you can have mailed to you is that correct I have not double checked that recently, so I am not sure. Very good. We'll find out. Um, okay. Well, uh, anything else for us, Dorotha? Yeah, I just want to mention about the second booster. Um, we did have, um, so what we did was we um, upped capacity at the test and vaccine clinic. We added some staffing to be able to um, meet the demand. And um, so far, I think that we are. If we're not, let me know, um, 2350397. But as far as um, um, your second booster, so per CDC, um, that, that new group is eligible for a second booster. But even on the CDC website, there's kind of like a difference between should or recommended versus can. And so I would just um, recommend to folks, it's a great opportunity to reach out to your healthcare provider and talk about your health risk and the benefit of that second booster and the benefit in regards to the timing of that second booster. So it's just kind of a good example to further explore your situation. Um, The second boosters are offered on Sundays and Mondays from nine to five at the test and vaccine clinic. I do encourage appointments, but um, nobody's turned away. Walk-ins are certainly welcome, but it's helpful right now because of the higher demand to make the appointment. And those can be made on the hospital website, sphosp.org, and just click on the COVID button. Great. Thank you. Okay, well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the COVID brief early this morning. Dorotha, thank you so much for joining me. 
Uh, Thanks for the opportunity. It's uh, Dorotha Ferraro from the uh, South Peninsula Hospital. Uh, we'll be back this time next week, and uh, more information, more updates uh, here from KBBI. This is KBBI Homer AM 890. The time is 9.15, and I've got a playlist of music here that Jimmy Squires has put together for me this morning. Let's see if I can get this up and running. We're going to start it with uh, Chicago, Wake Up Sunshine.
There's Queen with You're My Best Friend from A Night at the Opera. Before that, we had Mr. Blue Sky from uh, ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, Out of the Blue. Saturday in the Park from Chicago. Brandy, You're a Fine Girl from Looking Glass. Listen to the music from the Doobie Brothers. And we started the set off with Wake Up Sunshine from Chicago. Big thanks to Jimmy for putting together this set list for this morning. Let's take a look at the weather forecast for the western Kenai Peninsula today. Partly cloudy, isolated rain and snow showers in the afternoon. Highs in the upper 30s to mid 40s with light winds. Tonight, isolated rain and snow showers in the evening. Then numerous snow showers after midnight. Snow accumulating up to 1 inch. Lows in the 20s with light winds. Tomorrow, snow likely in the morning and a slight chance of snow in the afternoon. Snow accumulation up to 2 inches. Highs in the lower 30s to lower 40s. Warmest north of Clam Gulch. Variable wind to 10 miles per hour. Around Catchback Bay, west wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Friday night, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming clearer. Lows around 15, except in the lower to mid-20s south of Clam Gulch. Variable wind 10 miles per hour, except north 15 miles per hour around Catchback Bay. And looking towards Saturday, sunny. Highs in the mid-30s, variable wind 10 miles per hour, except north 10 to 15 miles per hour around Catchback Bay. Current conditions around the peninsula right now, 35 degrees and partly cloudy here in downtown Homer. 35 degrees and cloudy in Soldovia. In Anchor Point, 33 degrees and snow. 33 and partly cloudy in Nanilchik. 32 and sunny in Kenai, Soldatna, and Sterling. 31 and sunny in Seward. And 33 degrees and sunny in Anchorage. You're listening to KBBI Homer AM 890. The time is 9.40. Stay tuned for Radio Lab coming up at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock, Shakespeare in Context with the Mud Bay Bards. Today's subject is Otello. And at 1 p.m. this afternoon, Setnet with Robert Walsh. And for music for the rest of this hour, we're going to have some Jackson Brown Super Tramp coming up. America see what else we have time for. We're going to start off with the Doobie Brothers, What a Fool Believes.
loving you I'd spend my whole life with you Cause you came and you took control You touched my very soul You always showed me that Loving you is where it's at You made me so Very happy I'm so glad you This is KBBI Homer AM 890. I think I can find all the buttons there. The time is 9.59. Stay tuned for Radio Lab coming up next. Shakespeare in Context coming up at 11. Stay tuned for that. SetNet with Robert Walsh at 1. Currently 35 degrees and partly cloudy here in downtown Homer. Hope you're having a good day. Enjoy. Enjoy. 